Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 70 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Uh, wish I was doing as well as you. I know you're down uh, getting some sun in the beach right now, uh, which has just got to be wonderful. But I can't complain, man. It has been like these last four days here have just been like 75 and sunny here in Maryland. So, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Been able to get outside and, uh, you know, not be a, a total like desk ornament for the last four days so yeah i can't yeah. complain i feel that yeah uh it's been great weather down here in, in north carolina um I, I was saying today it was like 67 outside but no nice. humidity strong sun you don't sweat because it's so dry nice which breeze is rare, off the ocean which is rare on the east coast you get that out in la you know vegas that kind of weather but not usually around here so it's been a nice change of pace trying to get my tan on the master's starts tomorrow I am in a very good mood, so uh, it's been nice. Going to toss it off to my other co-host across the screen, Mac Vogel. How we doing, buddy? Doing well. Just uh, just got back from a little trip myself. I was off in uh, Milwaukee just getting some things set uh, ahead of my upcoming move. Um, it's always good to visit the Midwest again. The vibes are just on, especially this time of year. Everybody's coming out and they're like, holy shit, it's not freezing anymore. It's time to go outside again. Um, you definitely saw a lot of that. So excited for a summer on Lake Michigan and uh, excited too to have, I uh, got about 11 more days here with uh, little to no obligations. So just trying to enjoy the sun for another week and a half, basically. That's electric. Love it. I will be I will be visiting you sometime this summer. I promise. I'm gonna Hell yeah. Make, I'm gonna end up making my way up there, and I'm gonna we'll hold you a, to it. You should, and I hope you do. And we'll have a nice cold one on Lake Michi, and it'll be good. So sounds good uh, to me. We got a bunch of shit to cover here. There's been a lot that's been going down. Uh, this is our last episode before the trade deadline, so next week should be interesting. Uh, I'm gonna toss it across to Nick to drive the bus on the league news. Sure. Uh, we have a ton. Like you said, we have a ton to get to. Uh, you know, we've got Olympic news. We've got an entire team that's out with COVID. But we begin once again for the fifth episode in a row with the Buffalo Sabres. They won. The streak is over. Uh, that 18 game winless streak was snapped with a win over Philly. Uh, one other note to add to the Sabres, because we could talk about them for hours like we've done for the last five weeks, but Taylor Hall was held out from their game against the Devils yesterday. And this is pretty much well known as it's, he's going to get moved or, you know, they want to keep him out in case someone comes calling for him. He doesn't get hurt. Doesn't ruin his uh, trade stock. So it looks like Taylor Hall could be on the move out of Buffalo. Uh, Were you guys like, what did you think? Did you watch the game that they beat the flyers in? Did you pay attention to that one at all? I just know I bet the one that they lost and blew it. So um, I try not to watch the one. I really fucking hate this franchise as a result of that. So whatever. I uh, I think I tossed it like $10 on the one that they ended up winning. But it's like, how many times did I do that when they didn't fucking the sour win? Taste. At least like four. So it's really like. Did you like lost. just about break even? 
Not even. Like, okay. I think I basically <laughs> lost like $10 on the whole thing. It was just a whole waste of time, basically. Uh, Pretty much. Trying to, trying to figure out what the hell the Sabres were doing. Like, I've been they, struggling they, lately. They kept that streak going just long enough to like screw everybody over who was like trying to make big money off them. And I feel like that was right around the time that all the gamblers were like, all right, screw this. I'm not wasting my time with this anymore. And, and then, then they Buffalo win. was like, all right, cool. Then we'll win now. Yeah. That pretty much just sums up like their last three months. It was just a waste of everyone's time. Exactly. The game after they gave the Rangers a run for their money, but uh, they, yeah. the, the Rangers iced it in overtime. But yeah, Buffalo's a dumpster fire. I just, I, I, I bet too much on them when the streak was going. I just don't have any respect anymore. So um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks GM, Stan Bowman, was named GM for the U.S. Olympic hockey team for the 2022 Beijing Games. Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin is going to serve as his assistant. NHL players are expected to return to the Olympics in 2022 after they fucked up everything and let the Russians win with NHL players, even though they were supposed to be using amateurs. Tell me where you've heard that before. (laughs) So I think, you know, us, especially the uh, American hockey fans, we're really excited to watch what uh, Stan and Bill can do for what should be a very competitive uh, U.S. men's hockey team. Interesting choice. Leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Excited to watch Olympic hockey. Not much more to say about it. Yeah. I like the big ice. I like it in the Olympics. It's I exciting. Think, yeah. What do you guys think? Of, have you ever played on it, like in a in a game or anything? Once, and I was sucking wind. Yeah. Did Laurel but, have that or no? Ah, uh, you know what? I think they had one sheet that was like that. I, I want to say there was like two or three tournaments throughout my youth hockey. Cabin uh, John had one. I don't know yeah, if you guys ever once. played there. I, yeah, I can't remember. That's Montgomery's. That's one of yeah. Montgomery's rinks. Yeah, Cabin John definitely has one. I think they had like the one that was NHL size and one that was Olympic size. Yeah, it's different. Like you said, you're definitely more winded, but it's cool seeing like real skill guys get on the base. Oh my god, so much more room to work with. Like, Kid Ian Powderly on our team was so much fun when we'd have. Uh, uh, big ice because he just had all that much more room to dance around everybody it was so funny it's good for uh, crease monkeys too i hear so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the crease stays the same size so i mean <laughs> uh the vancouver canucks uh not good this is bad uh more than half the players on the team have tested positive for covid19 a source told espn some players are symptomatic and according to several sources there are a few who are in quote-unquote rough shape fatigue dehydration all these symptoms are pretty intense one agent told espn it's knocked a lot of guys out some of them can't even get out of bed so this is i mean that's like decimating especially for a hockey club i mean what do you do in this situation do you just try and pull who's their ahl team is it utica i don't even know who their their affiliate is but i heard too that like what they were having some of the medical staff literally go to the homes because like they couldn't get out of bed. Like yeah. to the extent literally they were coming to visit them like at their house to check on them. Um, I heard that it's like a variant too, right? It's not like the normal COVID-19. Yeah. It's like the Brazilian strain or something Jesus like that. Which... The B.1. Uh, it looks like a fucking robot serial number. Yeah. The way they label it. <laughs> it's like what what did uh, elon musk name his kid like aes 12 or something like that the same thing yeah. Yeah. password right <laughs> uh the nhl password right. 
Yeah, strong pass. It's like the Apple like strong automatic password strong default. password. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. It's like twenty six letters, two hyphens. Would you like right. to use our strong password? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the back of like your Wi Fi router when you first get it. <laughs> Quite right, literally, exactly. Yeah. That's all the same. Uh, Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, he remains pretty confident that the team will be able to compete again. But more importantly, that this isn't going to fuck up the scheduling. So obviously expedited season, 56 games instead of 82 and a lot of back to backs, a lot well, of they, two games and three nights. So they this built is that, uh, what they built that extra two ish weeks onto the end of the season, just in case something like this happened and it looks like they're going to need it. Um, and I mean, hopefully that'll be enough, right? Yeah. I mean, it's getting to the point where they don't start, if they don't come back soon, I don't even know if that, that chunk that they've already built on is going to be enough, but yeah, we definitely wish the best for the Canucks um, and all their family members. I mean, that's such a tricky situation when it's that many people, you got to think there's also probably some family members that uh, might be affected by this too. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they can get back on the ice soon. Yeah. Uh, Definitely not something you want to see. And obviously we're, you know, this far into the season, it would, it would be such a shame to see it be messed up from from something like this uh greg wasinski over at espn one of our i would say certainly one of my favorite hockey writers listed five reasons why this trade deadline will be one of the most extraordinary in history the first being the diminishing value of first round picks uh every trade deadline first round picks are the most precious commodity you know barring Connor mcdavid or something like that unless a team can't properly scout players. So we talked about this a little bit on the last episode about, you know, why do you need to scout? You have video. So, you know, if, if guys haven't been playing and you don't really know what you're getting with them, potentially he say he sees that as a loss in value and first round pick, which potentially I think could have played into what we saw pan out today, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, his second reason is the Seattle Kraken. They may not be active in this trade deadline, but they're certainly lurking. If you're moving guys, if you're using guys as rentals, are those guys going to be someone you're going to protect and try and re-sign? Who knows? So this could really sort of shape up what their roster could look like. And that one's interesting too, because you may be more apprehensive to trade for somebody because let's say you bring in a forward. Now, all of a sudden that's one more forward that now you may have to protect or expose. It just gives you one more thing to have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, His third reason is the flat cap. The salary cap right now is 81.5 million and it's likely going to stay there for the next, I would say season. He seems to be, in the opinion that it's going to be for this foreseeable future. So we've already seen that impact on free agent signings, you know, guys that we thought were going to break the bank or, you know, get a ton of money, maybe got a little bit less and like a little bit less on term as well. Uh, His fourth reason is the season of arboration. So right now, uh, all these divisions have been realigned and uh, I'm going to read some of these because they're funny. He says the East is predictable. The central has four teams fighting for one playoff spot. The West was seemingly set before the blues decided to crack the door open for the coyotes and Kings. And the North is basically overreaction theater on a daily basis, (laughs) which is that one's crazy, (laughs) which is I'm going to have to agree with the last one. Um, And then his, his fifth and final is, you know, winning the cup, but losing money. So Bettman said at the beginning of the year that, you know, these guys are going to be losing billions with a B on this season. 
And the further you go in the playoffs, the more revenue you're not gaining by selling your, you know, your arena out and, you know, sponsorship and all that other lovely marketing money. So, I mean, we saw it with Tampa last year, they won the cup and then had to lay off like what 30% yeah. of their workforce. So um, yeah, a, a lot of teams are going to lose a lot of money as they go deep into the the Stanley cup playoffs this year. It's ass backwards. It's like, it is. Uh, it's like the incentive that doesn't come with the reward. I don't even know if that makes sense. It's pretty late at night right now. And I'm like kind of out of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's ass backwards. We are recording this at 10 o'clock at night. I just want to say this is an MVP move because I'm asleep by 930 yeah. like every day. So yeah. I want to give myself credit live. Props. PM. Yeah. Pre- appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, both Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid were dished out league fines of $5,000 for their dirty plays last week. It's fucking hilarious. McKinnon threw a helmet at Connor Garland <laughs> after the two got uh, tangled up and there was like a brouhaha going on. And then McDavid got Jesperi Kakaniemi high with an elbow uh, sort of in crossing. I want to hear your guys' reaction. A lot of people on social media were pissed off about this, saying that, okay, you know, this is something that the NHL has definitely done in the past, but these guys got the superstar treatment. And one of the key examples pointed out was that Golden Knights forward Chandler Stevenson, like I think a game later, caught someone on the Kings with an elbow. I want to say it could, it could have been like the abs or someone. I don't remember, but, um, and he got three games for it and it looked just as bad as McDavid's elbow. Oh yeah. It's, it's star treatment from the word go. I, I guess I want to ask you guys before I give my opinion, which one did you think was worse? Cause honestly, I personally, I thought that, um, the Connor one was worse, but people online were like, McKinnon threw his helmet. And I was like, nah, is that big of a deal? I think <laughs> that the concept of throwing your helmet is fucking ridiculous and it should never happen. Like, that's just like childish shit right there. And you, I mean, you can't throw, so, I mean, you know, fighting is one thing, right? You know, you're going to toughen up or whatever and fight me, but like, that's just some, some pussy shit, honestly, like to, to, yeah. to say it straight up is throwing a helmet at a guy. However, I mean, it didn't end up being bad because the guy was paying attention, luckily, so he basically kind of caught the helmet. Um, the McDavid thing was, like, bad, I thought. That was, that like was a, a flying really, elbow. That was a opinion. really bad like, hit. That was, he like, really chicken-winged him hard. Yeah. I don't and think I've never seen McDavid do anything. Like, I was actually just really surprised by that, but that was a really bad hit. Wires crossed, which you don't see often. I think, um, yeah, it was both of them who were, like, frustrated pissed off i'm shocked mckinnon didn't get a game for throwing a helmet this is a hypocrite move but i like mckinnon more after that happened than i did before because oh i I think it's hilarious well not only is it funny it's like it's just like you don't you know nate's kind of like a a psychopath but when the wires really cross and like you see him get like genuinely pissed it, it just made me like him more now if it's anybody else you know like ryan reeves or you know Joe Blow, I don't know. Let's pay, try to think of a name. Jaden Schwartz and the Blues or someone. Then it's a scumbag move. But because it's Nate, it's like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, it's just, I, I know I'm a douche for saying that, but it's true. I think I get the argument. It's, yeah. it's funny to see star players like that actually show that kind of emotion too, because, you know, a lot of times they don't. So, right. It also needs to be made into a GIF. And I will 
or gif whatever i yeah. hate GIF. this gif is peanut butter okay whatever gif they need to make it into a gif and i will personally buy my first nft with my own money i will purchase it because that is absolutely hilarious i don't know of a caption but i think it's funny i think you could come up with a bunch yeah i i thought these guys should have gotten sussy at least a little bit i mean uh, of course the first com- for sure yeah the first comparison that comes to mind you know hometown bias come in and hard here but it was like if that was tom wilson throwing a helmet 10 games i'm sure tom wilson would have 10 oh my yeah. god try like 15 yeah. or 20 yeah. are you kidding catching me? someone with a flying elbow i think they probably would have thrown the book at him a lot more for just because they would have said like this oh, is yeah. you know but whatever are, so are you guys hip to the nft stuff or are you not aware of what that is it's yeah. wild Brady, tom brady just like made a company that's now buying and selling uh, nfts kind of yeah. cool I just sorry to go on the side rant, but it's amazing that that is where our world has gotten now. <laughs> we we buy and sell g- gifts. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I you can call them both. I don't care. Okay, I didn't know if it offended you or not. No, big Jeff okay. peanut butter guy though. Yeah, do they make crunchy style. and smooth, or is it? Oh just yeah, one? Okay. they make both. Are, are you yeah. a crunchy or smooth guy? I enjoy both, but typically I go with the smooth. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy both. I kind of vibe with the crunchy. Honestly, it gets yeah. way- much hate like it gets way too much hate i yeah. can't get on the cr- crunchy train it's just something about the texture it just disgusts me but i think yeah. it was like a maturity thing like when i was like a kid taking pb and j every day i would be like ew crunchy but like okay. you know as i got to be like a seasoned like yeah. peanut butter connoisseur like adult mm-hmm. you know yeah. you ever hear people say that you don't mature until, until you start liking yellow mustard mm-hmm. wow i have not do you guys like, you guys like mustard I, I had mustard. a very, very bad experience one time. So with must uh, with regular yellow mustard? With regular yellow mustard. Oh. Oh, like you puked a big sandwich you ate or something. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's leave it at that. Leave it at that. Okay, yeah. cool. You know, and that some, friends is some, how you turn a some Nathan college shenanigans. Sus- <laughs> oh, ew. Yeah. That's how you turn a Nathan oh. McKinnon suspension into a mustard talk. So yeah. <laughs> welcome to empty better. I have heard this story, by the way. Yeah. We we will leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> coming up on our new segment called mustard talk no i'm kidding uh, some caps news Ovi moved into second place all time on the nhl's list for power play goals uh he passed or he tied brett hall who was in second place with 265 of them uh and up next is all-time leader dave anderchuk with 274 of them so i think Ovi could probably get him maybe by the end of this year, depending on what they do in the playoffs, maybe early next season. So uh, definitely keep your eye on that. Some more recent news out of today, actually, the Caps have placed forward Richard Ponick on waivers. Uh, so he has been scratched in the three of the last five games. He's got three goals and six assists in 36 games this season. If unclaimed, Ponick will likely move to the Caps taxi squad and set the stage for a, either a potential trade or someone else from the taxi squad coming up. But basically you can consider this the Caps getting ready to make a move at the deadline is what I think. Mac, what do you think? For sure. I was actually talking to my dad recently, and apparently according to Cap Friendly a couple days ago, the Caps literally had $10 to their name, like straight up $10 of salary cap available. So I I am available. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but anyway, uh, exactly what you said. They're just gearing up for it. I think best case scenario would be somebody claims him, right? Uh, and we're, we're out of that contract. Nothing yep. against Dick Panic. I mean, he's 
know, a good guy, but it, it just, he's not doing what we need him to do. And he's got to go somewhere with that $2 million. And that's the thing. Nobody's going to claim him. He's got like $2 million for like two more years or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said. If he doesn't get claimed, which he probably won't, he'll go to taxi squad and then either call somebody up or make a trade or both or whatever. But that's, again, all this Seattle Kraken stuff is going to play into that too. You know, if you do move him, suddenly that's one more forward you got to worry about. Okay, now do we protect this new guy that we like or whatever? It depends who you get, obviously. But even even with him going to taxi squad, I think that only frees up like a mil, like yeah. a little over a mil. So at that point, you're hoping that we can either – get somebody and, and have the other team retain some salary or, or who knows what you're going to have to, it doesn't give us much wiggle room. Yeah, for sure. Uh, an update from Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, he's very quietly continued to skate and work out. He is intent on resuming his career after undergoing open heart surgery. So long as his health permits. So uh, Frank Saravelli from TSN reported that he's awaiting word from doctors this week a critical appointment that will determine the near-term and long-term future for him. The Washington Capitals, while everything would have to go right, have not ruled him out for returning for this season. So there's a lot of things that have to go right for him to be suiting up and playing an NHL game this year, but it's great to see that Hank's doing well and uh, is definitely on the road to recovery. Last little bit of news I want to get to, and this has basically taken the hockey world by storm every crusty blogger in their mom's basement or every you know hockey meme lord page with like 86 followers i'm looking at you ranger fans uh <laughs> you you don't have to go on instagram live every time your team wins a game we don't care um, <laughs> real quick before i get to this why are they all like it's like ny ranger fan yeah six one four four five it's like your phone number it's just i i don't know it's probably 12 i feel bad but router password yeah there's like eight different fan pages like that it's brutal but anyways former ranger and blue jacket brandon dubinsky i think we all remember him said in an interview nope everyone everyone wants to talk about sid and ovi or whatever referencing when he was playing and sid and ovi were the two mega stars in the nhl and he said dude fuck sid i'll take ovi any day of the week he went on to say that he has an autograph stick from Ovi, but would never ask Sid for one. He followed all this backlash because he was just getting spit roasted on social media uh, with a tweet saying, listen, Crosby is better than me. I never said he wasn't. He's obviously one of the best ever. It was Ovi versus Sid. None of you played in the NHL and know how hard it is to score goals in the NHL. 724, referring to Ovechkin's goal total, is insane. Sid just whined way too much and Ovi just shut up and played hard. My first thought when I read this was, why is he picking one side when he's fought both of them? Literally. Yeah. (laughs) He might be the only player in the NHL history who's fought both of them now that I'm thinking about it. I, I think, think he probably so. is because each yeah. of them only fought like a handful of times. Yeah, Sid might have like six or seven. I don't right. think uh, Crosby has fought Svechnikov, so that basically was ends that a the fight or a, did that count? Well, yeah, I don't think that counted. That Not was really. more of a dumb <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyway, this is this is kind of stupid to me. This whole thing, like, while I kind of agree with some of the things he said there, uh, 
I think he's just like, why now? Like why Brandon Dubinsky? Like, it's all just like kind of stupid. And like, it, it feels like Brandon Dubinsky, like trying to stay relevant. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody really cares what the hell Brandon Dubinsky has to say about Ovi and Crosby right now. You know, like it just, it doesn't matter. They're not even the two premier stars in the league right now. I haven't thought about Brandon Dubinsky in, I don't even know how long, probably since the last time he was on the Rangers and scored a goal against the Caps that made me want to jump off a cliff. But I hated him. I hated him so much. Yeah. Anyway, you you it's him? just like a bunch of garbage, yeah. kind of, in my opinion. I hated him. I hated Ryan Callahan. I hated uh, Dan Girardi. All those Ranger guys that used to just shove it straight Cap up. killers. Cap killers. Kreider. Step on. Oh, my God. Those guys were brutal. Yeah, I mean, I... I I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering my my thoughts on this. Just you know, as the as the Sid lover here, I'm not turning this into an OV Sid debate. Um, it's just it's very random, and there's clearly a. I mean, if you want to say OV's better, fine, whatever. But there's clearly a little bias when you say fuck Sid. Like you know, you kind of lose your. I don't want to say you lose your credibility because he played in the NHL, but you're it just clearly... makes it seems like he's yeah. pissed at Sid for something or just doesn't like him for whatever reason. Probably because opposed... he never beat us. So right. that would be one thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's just like, where did this come from? Like, and it was on like some podcast called like Garage Boys or something. It's not even like a hockey. Like they talk a little hockey, but I read their Instagram bio. It didn't seem like strictly a hockey podcast. That podcast is probably absolutely loving all the publicity. Oh my god, they had less followers than us. Talk about a diamond in the rough. That's what I was gonna say. Like you know, you want to know how we need to get popular is get some washed up NHLer to come on here and start talking about Ovi and Sid and say something that's gonna piss people off. Like literally, that's all you need. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys saw. Like Sid got asked after the Rangers game last night where we got our asses kicked eight four. Or someone, one of the reporters, like, "What do you have to comment on the Dubinsky thing?" He goes, "Don't have a comment. If you want to ask me a question about something hockey related, I'm I'm down." And I was like, "Sid being Sid, just the most like, don't put media pressure on me whatsoever." That's literally how he's been since day one. And the other thing uh, is that's such a stupid thing to ask him about in a press yeah. conference like that. It has nothing to do with the game. It has nothing to do again with how random we've been saying the whole thing is don't bring that up. Like he, who cares? Like he yeah. definitely doesn't as a no, reporter, like as a journalist, I I'm ashamed of that journalist even bringing up that question. That's just like a unwritten, like, don't ask that fucking question it's just pointless it doesn't do anything as hell yeah that's how you lose that's how you get players to stop answering your questions and stop you know you wonder you wonder why tortorella singles guys out and says no you specifically i'm not answering your question because he remembers stuff like that yeah i don't know i just i'll leave it as i didn't really care for the comment not not necessarily because i disagree with him i mean it's whatever people people disagree in life it's just yeah, I, I feel that your credibility goes out the door when you say, fuck Sid, he doesn't play hard. I played in the NHL. Like, you, the 724 goals, yeah, that's that's definitely something that you can use to back up your argument. That's a, that's a fact. That's a stat. But, you know, don't sit here and just whine and bitch and, because you lost to us every single time and now you're on long-term IR for the rest of your career because guess what? So am I. So we're in the same boat there, bud. I um. Yeah, I think this was just something where he, like, clearly, for whatever reason, just doesn't like Crosby. 
like whether that's personal or something that happened on the ice, I don't know, but you know, and and self-admittedly he was kind of a bitch in his early years. So I'm not, not saying that's not, you know, accurate. I think it's gotten a lot better. I, I mean, I think we could all probably, probably say that it's hard to get worse than what he was at the start. Yeah. Um, definitely was bad at the beginning. And now I think, you know, this Dubinsky comment is just, I think he didn't like Crosby for whatever reason, opened his mouth. And then now everyone's going to blow it out of proportion. And you're right. You lose credibility. The minute that you go, man, screw that guy, fuck that guy, whatever. And just for the contrarian aspect, you're going to go, I'll, I'll take this guy any day of the week when I don't know if they're friends. I, I doubt it. So well, it got just, me triggered, so I guess it worked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it's like, you know, hockey guys typically, even if they don't like each other, are usually like, you know, we've seen this with players, you know, what did you think about such and such? And he's like, well, you know, that guy plays hard. Uh, we, we're not exactly friends, but he's a great competitor. And, you know, like that's it, conversation over. And this is like one of those rare times where it's like, no, fuck that guy. So um, and I definitely like- doesn't it doesn't go over well in the hockey community, which is very stuffy. No, and I like, I mean, I think hockey needs a little more, you know, drama, a little more like street to it, for lack of a better term. So I don't, I don't really mind the headline. It's just obviously my favorite athlete. And if I was in some, you know, if this was directed towards someone else, I'd probably laugh, but I kind of want to kill him now. So, you know, it is what it is. He, he knocked the shit out of me. So I'm not going to try to kill him, but uh, yeah, I think we can move on from that. Uh, you want to move on to the signings? I do, but before we do, I think you have some words of wisdom about brackish life for us. I do. We need to talk about brackish life. Uh, if you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then brackish life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, brackish life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Just want to say I've worn this Brackish Life hat in this video right now all week long when I got to the Outer Banks, gotten a lot of compliments. The UV shirts have kept your boy somewhat off the sunburn grid. I mean, I look like Rudolph right now, but your shirt can't go over your nose. So that's just what it is. Uh, love their gear, love their stuff, love their brand. So go check it out. You need one of their like fishing face gators. I do. I do. I, uh, I look was, good though. I was laying out. Yeah. You got to lay out sometimes, you know, yeah. you, you got to get a little color. So a little medium rare. Why not? Uh, let's <laughs> oh, do some. Wait, time out. Wait. Okay. No, we need to talk about this, and we're not going to spend too much time on this. You said medium rare. This reminded me. I checked my phone today. Best part about vacation, screen time is way down. It's perfect. I feel great. My Twitter group from, from high school had, had a, like 37 messages in the, in the DMs, and I was like, what the hell? And you know who Kay Adams is, uh, the host of NFL Network during yes. the season? Okay, yeah. She is awesome. Love her. Very beautiful. Um, she put on Twitter that she only likes her steaks medium well. And okay. that caused some controversy. And among the friend group, there was a huge debate about how you like your steaks. And to me, there is 
a right answer and a wrong answer, and I will not settle for anything less. So I want to ask you two, how do you like your steaks? Matt, go first. Okay, I have to sort of say two things. I'm going to say if it's a good steak, like if you're at a restaurant or something like that, you're at like a proper steakhouse, Mm -hmm. like I'd lean towards medium rare. If you're just like buying a steak from the grocery store and it's like nothing special, it's just like you're running the mill, like I need to get some like protein and like meat, like Mm -hmm. steak, I might lead a little more towards medium or medium well, not quite medium well, probably, but like a little closer to that side of the spectrum. So just to clarify, if you mm-hmm. went to, let's say, like Ruth's Chris, mm-hmm. you're getting medium rare. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Too. Fair. Nick? So I'm going to play on my two years experience at a upscale steakhouse restaurant here. Let's go. If you're going filet, specifically filet, there is one way you should order it, and that Wait. is medium rare. Okay. okay. That's how that cut of meat is intended to be eaten. And that's honestly, I use that across the board. And at some restaurants, I'll even go a little bit more on like the rare to medium rare side. So somewhere in the middle. And I am exactly on the same page as you guys. And Mac, I even said, I said, if I'm making it myself, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not the best cook in the world. I'm getting a grocery store steak. I might go medium, but if you're at a steakhouse and you order a medium well steak, you might as well take like the burnt cheese on the bottom of my toaster and stuff in your mouth. It's disgusting. I'm sorry. Like, if you want to take like a ribeye and do it medium well and that's your thing, you know, hey, free country, have fun, you know, right. enjoy it. You're going to need right. a chainsaw to cut through it. But like, yeah. you know, hey, that's your thing. Pink meat grosses you out, whatever. If you take like an eight ounce filet and do that medium well, it's good. One, it's going to like lose about a third of its size. And then two, it's going to taste like you're eating a, a rock. Like it's just not going to be good. So you have a problem. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I was hearing some of these kids say, yeah, I only like it medium. Well, like blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that's disgusting. Like, like that's, that's fine when you're six years old and you put yeah. ketchup on it, but like, look, and I'm not no. making, I don't want to make someone else's, you know, yuck, not yummy or something. I don't know what the saying is. Someone you want to yuck me. somebody's yum? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You don't want to yuck someone's yum. so much. It's so funny, though. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I heard that today. I was like, I can't believe there's people out there like medium well steaks. It, it blows my mind. I, my, I am a medium rare guy, big time. My roommate from last year, uh, senior year, was a big steak guy. I always cooked him for himself. But like, I'm talking like rare as possible like this stuff would still be like moving still moving like <laughs> still moving yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah i feel that i just had to i had to get your guys opinion because I, I was it was split down the middle i was like this can't be like the way that people think like i'm pretty sure most people agree like medium rare is the best way to eat it and then i googled it and most people would side on the medium rare side so i was like okay good it's funny if you go to like morton's or the palm or ruth's chris or the restaurant where i used to work like if you ask the waiter or like if you're at a really really nice place and they bring the cuts of meat out um and like explain them to you if you ask them like how i should get this cooked nine times out of ten they're gonna tell you medium rare keeps the flavor yeah keeps the flavor yeah yeah and just because it's steak yeah i know right (laughs) just because it's pink doesn't mean it's gonna kill you so um, all right. Well, enough of the pink stuff and let's uh, move on to the, the ink stuff. 
the yeah the ink nice stuff. Yeah. there you go nick wow good thanks, job thanks boys uh just one major ink stuff to get to uh the canucks signed goaltender thatcher demko to a five-year goal uh five-year extension he's 25 years old he's 12 12 and one this season with a 277 gaa and a 917 save percentage not bad numbers there uh so i think we kind of know who's number one now in vancouver going forward i mean five in seattle (laughs) yeah yeah that too I think this is the right move. The only thing is, you know, you, you think about Braden Holtby for a second and basically a year ago, his de- decision to sign with um, Vancouver, or I guess a little more than a year ago now, but, or sorry, a little less than a year ago. But um, if you tried to map it out about as badly as it could have gone for him in his first year of Van- at Vancouver, it pretty much went as poorly as it could have gone for him, which you got to feel for the guy, especially if you're a Caps fan. But, I mean, he gets over there. There's the whole debacle with his turtles or whatever. Once he's over there, the season starts. He has a couple okay games and then just pretty much garbage uh, until he loses his starter role and he followed up with now he's on the COVID protocol list along with pretty much everybody else on the Canucks. Like just what a disaster of a first year with a new team. I can't imagine how that's got to feel. Yeah. That's got to suck. And you know, it just sucks because he's such a, a great guy. So obviously wish the best for him and Absolutely. his family and hopefully they're doing well, but yeah. I mean, Demko's worked hard. That guy has worked hard since he's, you know, been in that organization and he's worked hard since he was, you know, in the team USA system and everything. So it's good to see him sort of get his uh, out of that situation. So that was the one NHL signing I wanted to cover, but there have been some big college signings that do have some pretty big significance for the NHL going forward. So former team USA uh, world junior captain, Cam York, uh, he was the Flyers first round choice in 2019, just signed a three year entry level deal with the Flyers, which means he's going to forego his last two years at Michigan. I thought he was going to do at least one more. So I was a little bit surprised when that happened. Uh, the Senators, they're cashing in big time with their draft pool. They had two blue chip prospects sign their entry entry level deals this past week. Hobie Baker finalist Shane Pinto. Uh, to a three-year entry-level deal, and then defenseman Jacob Bernard-Docker to a three-year entry-level deal. Both of those guys are teammates at North Dakota, uh, and they're just fantastic. Bernard-Docker is going to report directly to Ottawa from North Dakota once he's done quarantining. I'm not sure what Pinto is going to be doing, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then Matt Boldy, another guy from the Team USA World Junior Team, signed his entry-level deal with the Iowa Wild, he's going to be reporting there instead of the Minnesota Wild, so he's going to develop in the AHL for a little bit, so congrats to him. Colorado signed forward Alex Newhook to a three-year entry-level deal. He was taken 16th overall in 2019, and he's going to report to Colorado's American League affiliate. And then the Panthers have agreed to terms with goaltender Spencer Knight on a three-year contract. Uh, He just finished his sophomore season with BC, appearing in 21 games, owning a 16-4-1 record, a 9-3-2 save percentage, and a 2-1-8 GAA and three shutouts. That's one I'm excited about. I mean, this is a kid that if you're a hockey fan, you've been watching this guy come up in World Juniors and all that stuff for quite a while. He's got a great game to him. Um, you got to think the Panthers are, are ready to make a goaltending move now with uh, – is it Chris Dreger, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's no shortage of need for goaltending around the league right now. We've seen all these guys go on waivers in the last couple of weeks, and usually 24 hours passes, nobody picks them up. If there's goalies going on waivers, they're getting claimed right away because teams need goalies. So I think this one specifically, especially them locking up Spencer Knight, making sure they've got a contract with him now moving forward, um, I think they'll be ready to deal Dreger this deadline. Do you think they're going to deal him? I do. There's okay. a lot of rumors about that. I was Cap- going to ask where you Caps guys think are this involved. is. Caps yeah. are involved. I was going to ask where you guys think this is going. Like you essentially have this carousel now. You have Knight, who may not be NHL ready. You have Dreger, who's looked great this year, and then you have Bob, who ever since he's gotten to Florida has been a giant question mark. So he look. Bob has stepped up better this year than last year i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's like rebounded to the same like stock level that he was at when he signed yeah but he doesn't suck as bad as he did last i think he's having a good enough year and knowing what you have in spencer knight a a seriously special talented young goaltender there i think if you're the panthers you make the smart move as soon as you can to deal dreiser and get something decent for him forward or defense wise to kind of deepen your team that way. I think they're going to be okay at goaltending, whether it's Bob or Spencer. Yeah. Uh, We had a trade come over about what, like two hours ago, something like that. Uh, The New York Islanders have acquired Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri from the New Jersey devils in exchange for a 2021 first round pick, a 2022 fourth round pick AJ Greer and Mason Jobst. New Jersey will also retain 50% of both Zajac and Palmieri's salaries. Yeah, this is a hell of a fucking trade by Lou. I, I love I love this deal for the Islanders, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, Taylor Hall is the big fish in the small pond, I would say, right now uh, at the NHL trade deadline. Again. 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 I just feel like Paul Mary and especially Zajac. I think Zajac is the diamond in the rough in this one. I think they just fit that mold, that Barry Trot system so much better. You know, Paul Mary's a big guy. He's responsible in both ends. He can score. He's a son of a bitch to play against. He's physical. He's a playoff guy. But I love that Zajac part. I tell you that he's just been one of the best two-way centers in the league for the past 15 seasons. I mean, he's been playing since, you know, Crosby and Ovi were rookies. So he's been in the league a long time. Great face-off guy, right-handed center. You know, he's going to, he's going to be Trotz's dream player, basically. I mean, that's exactly how Trotz wants a guy to play. I kind of like this better than if they got Hall. I think they fit the mold better and Jersey's retaining 50% of the salary. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw, but GM Tom Fitzgerald for the uh, Jersey Devils, he was asked, like, you know, I, for the first rounder that he got back, like, where do you want this to land? And he, he actually says, says, these guys deserve a cup. Like, I hope I get the 30-second pick. These guys are awesome, which I think is very telling of the type of character that they have. I think it's definitely the right move for the Islanders. I know, obviously, a first-round pick is a lot, especially with these guys both only being on contract till the end of this year. But they're making a push right now. They want to win right now. They feel like they can win right now. Um, and exactly what you said about both Palmieri and Zajac, these aren't like youngsters that Barry Trotz is going to have to kind of whip into shape. Like These are guys who are going to show up ready with that serious focus winning mentality. Like there's no way he's going to have to like 
talk to them extra in the locker room about like reeling it in or like focusing, you know what I mean? Um, my only question is, was Zajac on, I, I guess he, he would have been too young at this point. I'm trying to figure out if either of them have won a Stanley cup. I think not. Right. No, I don't think so. I think Zajac was a rookie either the year after the year that Crosby and Obi started or the year before that lockout. I can't remember. Because the last Devils Cup, I believe, was 2003. Yeah. And yeah. Zajac probably showed up in like 04 yeah. or 05. It was, it was it after was that. Uh, okay. So I feel like these are two for- guys that probably want to win the Cup just as bad. I mean, especially Zajac. He's, what, 35 now or something like that. So yeah. he's getting up there. I think it's a it's a move that makes a world of sense for the Islanders. I hate it as a Caps fan. I think they just got that much more dangerous. They're and having good. just played them in that super frustrating one nothing loss where they gave us absolutely nothing, and now what? They're going to pull out Komarov and Bellows from that lineup and insert Zajac and Paul Mary. That's just that's scary stuff. Right? There. I feel like because he's so hairy, people think that Paul Mary is like. <laughs> 36 but he's only 30 he's years 30. old yeah so. i thought so too i thought he was actually like around the same age as zajac but yeah no he's only 30 you're right yeah he's got some some good tread left on he those came wheels up, boys come on he, he came up the in the ranks with christo i think is what the, he was saying because i think Dan yeah is they were on the age. same uh world junior team yeah, yeah. so that, that right. makes sense stacked uh some injuries to get to not good if you're a habs fan two big ones brendan gallagher is going to be out at least six weeks with a broken thumb that's a kick in the nads i mean that's that could be a backbreaker for that team in my opinion so yeah um equally as important carrie price will not travel to toronto for tonight's game which probably ended about 30 minutes ago uh, the Habs return home on Thursday, which is the day you'll probably be listening to this. So there's a chance he's there for the second half of the back-to-back, but he did not travel with the team. I forget who Jake Allen's backup was. I think it was Caden Primo, but yeah, um, who's also talented, but not what Carey Price is. So uh, yeah, if you're a Habs fan, that is not good. Um, and that, that sort of wraps it up for the, the bullets and staples we have. And one quick thing I'll say about that Gallagher, Gallagher thing, you initially want to say, yeah, this could be a big backbreaker for them. But if you think back to, I mean, keep in mind this whole salary cap thing that we were talking about earlier, sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise for a team to have somebody that gets paid that much, get an injury right now. That's just conveniently long enough where they're going to be out the rest of the season, but they're probably going to be ready for playoffs and guess what, guess what happens in playoffs. All that salary cap stuff magically goes away. You can have as many people on your team as you want. So that actually allows them to make a deal this deadline for somebody that's a little more expensive and then boom, suddenly playoffs show up and they have that guy that they got and Brendan Gallagher. This happened with the Hawks. A long time ago when they won the cup, Patrick Kane was hurt to end the year. Yep. They trade for Antoine Vermette. Playoffs start. Kane's back. They still have Vermette. They win the Stanley Cup. That was uh, 2015, right? I think so. Mm. But it's, it's interesting to think about. I kind of was worried about the Islanders doing something like that, too, with Anders Lee being out. I thought they were going to go all in for Taylor Hall because they can afford it now. And then playoffs start, and they have Hall and Anders Lee. But, I mean... Paul Marion, Zay Jack is pretty did, scary too. Did so. we just find a new segment called NHL Conspiracies where teams <laughs> are magically having guys get 
hurt right before the deadline. Well, and then- there is stuff though where like I mean, think about um think about players that have been out for a really long time now and you kind of wonder you wonder right like is he ready to go yet or are they kind of waiting to have him be ready to go until magically right when playoffs start and they ruled him out for the season like right away when that Mm -hmm. happened Mm -hmm. which is realistic but lots of times that happens and then suddenly oh it wasn't as bad or he recovered quicker like it's very possible he'll be ready to go by like the last two weeks of the season or something like that but they'll just be like yeah he's still injured because we're not gonna screw up our salary cap right now whatever so. works right yep me so do you see them going after taylor hall the, the habs the habs oh the habs um maybe i don't know if he's right for them i don't i don't, I don't, I, I don't think he's right for them but I, I think don't, he I don't... could have worked in in long island for some reason <clears throat> i think that actually may have worked uh i don't i think it, it would just be another disaster i'm sorry to say if he ended up in montreal i don't think that's that's what would be best for him or them you know, it, Boston, that's, oh man. Boston's in on every trade rumor. Like uh, every reporter has Boston in on every single player. The Ekholm one for Boston makes so much sense to me. Oh, God, I would hate that. I, I don't even think. I don't think he's going to get dealt anymore though. Cause the predators are good now. Yeah. Uh, that's what everyone's saying is like, okay, like, are they going to go for it? But I don't know. Anyway, I would, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Taylor Hall is I would hate for him to go back to Edmonton and everyone has been calling for that. They'd be like, Oh, it'd be so much fun. He actually have a good team. I'm like, no, I hope he does it. No, they, they don't deserve right. him. They, yeah. they trashed him. Well, and I also just, I, it would be stupid. And that team's not good enough to do anything anyways. So no, right. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. they get like a goalie, no offense to Koskinen. He's fine, but like, they're not going to, yeah. they're not going to win a Stanley cup with Koskinen. No, I completely agree. Uh, So before we hop into gambling, just want to take a minute to remind everyone that this gambling advice is brought to you by the Maryland Mortgage Wiz. Are you planning on buying your first home this year? Get pre-approved and explore all financing options with Dave Fritz, the Mortgage Wiz. Interest rates are at a historic low and down payment assistant programs are available. Stop renting and put your money in a place that you can call home. Follow Dave on Instagram at Maryland underscore mortgage underscore whiz for more information. Dave is licensed in Maryland, Delaware, and Florida. Equal housing lender NMLS number 3094. Alrighty, boys, what have you liked from this past week and what have you hated from this past week? Uh, so truth be told, and I'll be honest, I haven't gotten to watch a ton this past week, just a lot going on, but here are some things that I have been able uh, to notice on the uh, Twitter feed and just, you know, checking the scores every day. Jack Campbell of the Maple Leafs remains undefeated. He's now 9-0. and He actually might be 10-0, and but I think it's 9-0 and on the season. So uh, the Leafs seem to be back in form. They're on a four-game win streak right now. So keep an eye on the Leafs. Speaking of the Leafs, uh, Zach Hyman, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's getting top six minutes. He's a point-producing machine in their last 10. So definitely keep Zach Hyman, uh, you know, prop bets in mind. He's usually known to be a guy who is, you know, a real big impact off the score sheet. Uh, but now that he's getting some time on the first line with Matthews, he's been, he's been making the most of it. So I would definitely keep an eye on some Zach Hyman props. And lastly, uh, for me, Colorado. I mean, they just continue to shit pump everybody that gets in their way. I believe they're 13-0-2 in their last 15. I can't remember if they lost the other night when I told you guys that, but 
Um, they are clearly the hottest team in the league right now. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny for some money lines, but uh, they, they are literally shit pumping teams. They put up a nine spot on the coyotes the other night. So uh, keep an eye on Colorado. I love their overs. Colorado overs are great because Colorado's been putting up, you know, four or five goals a game recently. So I would definitely keep an eye on the Colorado overs, especially if you can get them at five and a half. Yeah, I uh, I can't lie. I've had a, a rough week or two in a row here. Um, whatever I've been doing has not been working. That's why I elected to put Stephen Baker in charge of my betting for this week because <laughs> uh, he's been hot, and I'm, I, I want to see what he's doing right. But he's been basically kind of just – Slowing down. I think I was, I was doing a little, little too many here and there and, and he's kind of sprinkling them where it's like, okay, one a day, if it works, do this. If it doesn't do this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I will say the avalanche might lose their winning streak tonight. They're losing by two right now. It's early so it's like midway through the game, but it is four two wild. Um, but that's another reason to bet that over because it's already four two halfway through the game. Hey, speaking True. of which, before we move on, love that you published the O's pick today. Do you have an update on that by chance? Because I uh, may have taken it. Yes, the Orioles just tagged out uh, somebody at the plate to stop the uh, tying run from scoring in the bottom of the 11th. Wow. Um, How many else? So, however, he tagged him right in the face. I think it was Aaron <laughs> Judge And Aaron Judge is like kind of hurt now. So uh, that was the second out of the inning. So One more? Yeah, if they can, they're up by one. So if they can get one more out now, but now that everything's paused because this guy's hurt because he got tagged in the face. Right. Aaron yeah, Judge. Yeah, that'll get you. I think it was. No, not Aaron Judge. Sorry. Not Aaron Judge. Yeah. I don't so know he got he got big head, so it's hard to miss. I thought it was because the guy was laying on the ground. The Yankees all kind of have that same haircut. You know, it's like yeah. the. Well, they're the Yankees, so. You mean haircut. the entire state of New York? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't they like still let them not have beards? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? No beards. You yeah. can't have a beard on the like, Yankees. Period. It was like oh. no beards, no piercings for like the longest time. It was like Lou running a hockey team. Like no, I think it's still like that. Okay. Yo, you know what? My mistake. That was the final out of the game. <laughs> Ball game. <laughs> Orioles win. Let's go, Mac. Plus one eighty. That's huge. Let's go. I needed Good that shit. one. Good shit. Yeah. Go birds. Appreciate that. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Final in eleven. They fought for that one. Back in the green. I love it. <laughs> All righty, Nick. Well, we'll toss it off to you. I um yeah, I went for one of my uh infamous live bets. And uh when Gonzaga went down early in that NCAA championship game against Baylor, I was like, Oh, this is really uncharacteristic. The Zags are gonna come roaring back. Uh <laughs> and I just sort of like was waiting for it all night. It didn't happen, which you know sums up every night of me going to a bar in college um <laughs> but uh you uh, know oh well you you win some you lose some i have two this is completely not hockey related i have two okay. bets that are future picks for the formula one season right now jesus i put in one at like a plus six thousand at the beginning of the year i put 10 on it it's not gonna happen uh but i did bet Lewis Hamilton to win the championship because he's only won the last five in a row and he's in the best car. What kind of odds are we looking at here? I think it was like still, it was like a minus 175, but okay. I like, I think I put like a hundred bucks on it. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, so, shit. When you put it like that. So I got that in the works right now. Uh, my new thing lately has been parlays, but like two really, really heavily favored money lines. And then like one that's sort of on the fence. Okay. Like two minus is one plus. Look at it that way. And it usually brings you to a pretty decent number. And it, I mean, all you really are focused on is that one. So right. like, like if you get Tampa, like what I know, I know they blew this against the Red Wings the other day, but they were like a minus 400, something like that. But so something like that, or like I got the Habs the other night at like a minus like 220. And that was a good one to throw in there. So I like doing that a lot. And it seems to, you know, obviously parlays, you're never going to hit every single one, but it's a good system. One thing, and this is a dangerous game to play. I would only do this if you like have some credits in there already and you're like really trying to double your money or something. But if you place like a parlay and not a crazy one, but like either a two way or a three way like that. Uh, and then you also place each one of those legs of the parlay separately so that if the parlay hits, you're going to win huge. All of them. Because yeah. you want all of them. But if the parlay only misses by like one leg, you're probably going to pay for you're the gonna, parlay. Yeah, you're going to cover your bases. Exactly. Right. That's yeah. smart. And and that that's a good strategy when you're doing exactly what Nick just said, where like two of the legs of the parlay feel really strong and just one of them you're a little shaky about throw the parlay in there and then also throw just one unit or even half unit or whatever on each leg of that parlay separately. Yeah, definitely. I, um, parlays are, they're so much fun and they're great on like days, like the first day of March madness where you've got like wall to wall basketball or like the, you know, like where we are with baseball right now. Yep. I used to love doing on NFL Sundays. Oh, it's great. You do like a a one o'clock, a four o'clock, eight o'clock, you know. The problem is for football with the the freaking values, you have to pick like six teams to get it to like 30 bucks. Yeah, Yeah, it's absurd. That's why I like hockey. Parlays are also dangerous if you're like, if you're desperate, if it's Thursday Mm, and the yeah. week for you ends on Sunday and you know Cue the Lilo and stitch me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the bookies and you're in super secret bookie jail. Uh, um, trying to <laughs> dig yourself out of a hole with a parlay is it's, it's kind of fun. I it mean, is I hate a po- double edged sword, man. Like it is the fastest way to get out of a hole, but it is a very easy way to dig that hole into a massive hole. Yep. And that's why I said too, with, uh, with that strategy tip I gave is like, make sure if, if you're doing that thing where you play the parlay and all the separate legs, you at least have some, some change to lose that you're not worried about because keep in mind, if the parlay loses and somehow all three of those lose, you're going to lose a bunch of money. So especially if two of them were locks and they were like minus 200 or something. So, yeah. When I first got into like sports betting, like many, many moons ago, I, that's what I would do is I was like NHL games and I would just like parlay three teams on any given night. And like it worked, but like I ended up not doing as well as like I would hoped. Once I got away from that and like then got like smart to a lot of stuff that helped a lot. So like, if you know what you're doing and, or you can fake like you know what you're doing uh yeah parlays are a lot of fun i think it'd be interesting one of these nights like one of these upcoming saturdays where there's like a bunch of games around the nhl to not i know we've done this with parlay for fun where we try to pick the correct winner of every single game in a parlay just in case somehow we get lucky and pick them all right but i'm talking i know there's a limit to it's usually like eight Mm -hmm. maximum for those parlays so that's what i'm saying there's let's say there's 
12 games on a Saturday night or something like that. You literally pick a winner of every single one of them, but it's not parlayed. It's separate. And you're taking it. Even if there's one of those that's like minus 400 or whatever, you're taking it. But there could be one that you like that you're taking that's plus 200 or something and just see if you end up with more money or like how you do on any given night. Exactly. Just you you pick a winner of every single one of those games. And again, I wouldn't do this unless I had already had a decent week or something leading up to that Saturday and I could afford to lose a whole bunch, but. Yeah. Parlays with the house's money are a lot of fun. Yeah. Can't complain there. All righty. Well, let's get into some first and fourth liner. Harry, you want to get us rolling? Yeah. So my first liner, and this is not opposite day or an alternate universe. I am going to have the shit steamer himself, Martin (laughs) Jones. Uh, He's six and two in his last eight starts and the sharks have slowly been climbing into that contention slash conversation for that fourth playoff spot in the West. Uh, they currently sit five points back of the Coyotes for fourth place, and that is in large part due to Martin Jones. So, uh, you know, still, still in my opinion, picking up shit. Maybe it's not a cold winter morning. Maybe this time it's a nice 60-degree, 70-degree morning. You know, not smelling as bad, no steam. Uh, fourth liner, Mike Giordano. The Flames are, no pun intended, Mark. a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, they they just suck, and he is the captain of the team. He's their best defenseman. He is a former Norse Trophy winner, and he's a minus 10 on the year. He only has three points in his last 10 games as the quarterback of the power play unit, and the Flames just don't look good. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens to them in the offseason. I'm pretty sure his first name's Mark. What did I say? Mike. Oh, yeah, I knew it was Mark. My bad. (laughs) Um, Whoops. My first liner is going to be Jack Campbell. Harry, you touched on it earlier. He's got nine straight wins with the Leafs, and he looks good right now. So much so that Campbell's soup is sold out across Toronto. Fun fact. (laughs) Um, My fourth liner is going to be anyone that's on the trade block. And I'm looking at this from a fantasy perspective because as Mac will tell you, it's belt tightening season in our fantasy league right now. The gloves are coming off, and it's getting nasty. We're making our playoff pushes right now, and – Yeah. So anyone, if you're a fantasy hockey player, anyone that's about to get dealt, remember this, they're going to have to quarantine for seven days before they join their respective club. They're going to be only for Canada or is that for any team? I think that might be any team. I know for a fact that's going over the border for sure. I don't know how it works here, but I think like, you know, you have college guys that are reporting to NHL teams and they're having to wait their quarantine period. I don't know if it's still seven days, they're going right. to have to wait something, which, you know, in a fantasy hockey world, you, if you miss out on one, God forbid, two of the games you had scheduled for that week, that could, you know, sink your battleship. So for sure, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's exactly right. The fantasy stuff is getting real gritty. We've been blessed to have a pretty competitive league, too. Uh, it's pretty cool. There's two divisions and um, both of them, there's two two leaders and then uh two teams right on the cusp there that uh we're in the final week here too so it's gonna be interesting who makes the playoffs next week but um on to my first and fourth liners these ones are a little interesting they might these names might kind of catch you catch you by surprise especially my first liner it's gonna be david perron for the blues this guy has subtly been one of the most steady eddie guys in the league this year like i I actually kind of don't like this player typically and i don't like to say that about people but I'm not a big fan of David Perron's style. I've always thought he's a little chippy, like kind of closer to the dirtier side than I like a player to lean. 
but this year he's he's kind of cleaned that up a bit. He's actually just been a real good contributor for the Blues, especially on that Blues team that has not had a lot of their like big guns contributing at the level that they need them to. Um, David Perron, just to give you some points or some numbers rather, he's got eight points in his last 10 uh, and he's got 37 points in 38 games this year. Now those aren't like insane McDavid numbers, obviously, but this is David Perron. Like I wouldn't really expect this much from him, um, but he's got like 25 plus assists or something like that. And like 10 plus goals, like he's doing what he's supposed to. Um, so I feel like he deserves some recognition. Um, and then my fourth liner, I'm going to go with Jacob Verana, more of just as an opportunity to bring this up and talk about what's been going on with him a little bit. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for the Caps for two games in a row. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like this has happened once before with Verana since he joined the Caps. Am I, do you remember, Nick, if he's been yeah. a healthy scratch before? He has. Um, and I can't remember exactly what the result of that one was either but it's reminding me a little too much of the whole burakovsky situation this feels so similar to a player that's like when he's confident he's so damn good he's talented he's fast he can snipe uh but when he gets in these cold streaks there's like no getting him out of it and so i was kind of glad to see the caps like take an actual like move to try and like shake things up a little bit especially when we've got a deep enough team to you know, insert somebody else in the lineup that probably also deserves to play some NHL games right now. Um, cough, cough, dick panic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Vrana, his first game back, obviously against the Isles, we didn't score any goals. So it's tough to like really say whether that two, two scratch uh, move helped him or not. I'm going to be all eyes on him tomorrow night against the Bruins to see if he's kind of got that extra skip in his step and see if that two healthy scratch game move uh, did anything because he had slowed down quite a bit. So, Yeah, seriously. And I, I think at this point, I, I had my friends texting me about this today. They're like, does the Ponic move mean that Vron is getting moved? I'm like, they're not necessarily correlated, but I'm kind of expecting the Caps to move him. And I really don't want them to because he's one of my favorite players. I think he's one of the most talented players on that roster. But something I said to my friends the other day is his role on the team has kind of been filled by Daniel Sprong. To an Careful. extent, I think I Careful. think yeah, I think his uh his his role has been challenged a little bit by Sprong, but I'm not totally sold on Sprong yet. I think he's I'm not either, and I think Vron is far more skilled than Sprong is, at least yeah. from what I've seen so far, and far more established as an NHL player for sure. But uh I think the caps are, you know, they're definitely starting to look at it. So um, sure. I would I think, gladly take him. If I you think don't want that him. the, uh, oh, I want him. I think that the, the caps are probably smarter to move a defenseman rather than a forward. If they're going to move anybody. Sure. Um, plus the fact that the caps are the oldest team in the national hockey league right now. And I really don't think that they want to, go trading somebody like Verona, one of the only young and fast yeah. guys on our team. That's literally like, I mean, you look at any good team in the national hockey league, they're probably young and fast. Yeah. The caps are not young and they're not that fast either, no. but we have a lot of other interesting things on our team that have kind of allowed us to float around and hang around that top of that division, luckily, but I don't think trading Verona would 
help us at all. In fact, I think it would definitely hurt us. So I, um, I agree. I really don't want them to move him. I think also, you know, speaking of the caps, not being fast, Matt Barzell proved that pretty damn well. So oh my God, it um, makes everyone slow. He's insane, dude. Yeah, it's true. And, and you can't, you can't blame guys too much for getting blown by him, but I got to say, after after that game, I wanted I wanted the Caps to scratch Brendan Dillon for a game so badly, just because like he has looked so slow to me. And I understand that he's a good pair with Carlson, and you kind of don't want to like screw up the mojo yeah. right now with with having those six D being paired together for the last like thirty plus games or whatever. Seriously, I, I get that that's good, and you don't want to mess that up. But like, I hope they at least like talk to Dylan or something because he looked so bad to me in that Islanders eight to four game or whatever. Like he was, he was one of the worst players on the ice that night. Yeah. I think at this point I'd have to say Barzell has the best edge work of any player I've seen in the NHL. Uh, Let's do the market report. Harry, who you got? All right. So for my up team, I got the Arizona coyotes. Uh, They're currently riding a three game winning streak and they're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, They are separating themselves for that fourth spot in the West. Like I mentioned earlier about San Jose, Uh, they got five, they they have a game in hand and they are up five points from San Jose. Who's chasing them. Phil Kessel's looked better lately. The whole team is starting to rally. So I think that the coyotes are on the up and up and my trending down team is St. Louis blues. They're two, seven and one in their last 10 and they trail the coyotes for that last playoff spot by five points. Like I just said, the sharks also do. Uh, so in case I messed that up, they sharks and the coyotes, I'm sorry, the sharks and the blues both trail the coyotes by five points right now. Uh, and St. Louis was just a team that I had really high expectations for coming into this season. I thought that, you know, even though they lost Petrangelo, I thought Tory Krug was going to have a monster career year after signing that ticket. And that has not really proven to come uh, to fruition. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. The, the Blues, Blues might be a bad hockey team. I think they are. They've I, lost seven in a row. And I, yeah. I think a huge point of that is Colton Pareko being hurt. Well, they've got, they've, they've just been injury riddled. Injury yeah. riddled? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for once. When I asked that rhetorically, it came in on the right end. Pulling that out of your pocket at 1050 at night. Who are oh, you? Dude, I am like half asleep right now. I'm going to be I honest can with tell. you. I, I, I'm, I, I, this is late for me. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm bowling right now though. Um, yeah. The blues are just a team that I feel like they, they, they're much better than what you're seeing. It's been a weird year. Sometimes good teams have an off year. I think the caps had one year and what, like they had 2014. One year they didn't make the playoffs and yeah. you know, there's doesn't mean they're not good. They just, kind of had a fluke one. So yeah, I think the blues will be back next year, but I don't see them making the playoffs this season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. My up team is going to be the Preds. They're eight, two and oh, in their last 10, we've talked about it earlier when we were talking about Ekholm, they look fantastic right now. And Soros. that could, yeah, Soros looks incredible. And that could be the reason that Ekholm doesn't end up getting dealt. Did you guys see, uh, uh, one of my favorite players for sure. hundred percent Ryan Johansson's like, dead xbox controller shootout move that somehow worked so funny that was insane yeah Yeah. that looked like some some nhl manual goalie exactly (laughs) that looked like uh like a little trip like you know how in the old games before they had skill stick you hit like triangle on ps2 and it would do like a one two three that's exactly the move that he did yeah Yeah. uh and then my down team is going to be the calgary flames they suck (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
they're bad two, hockey team. Bad hockey team. They are two eight and zero in their last ten, and it does not look good up there at all. So, kind of sucks. I just got a Johnny Gaudreau retro jersey, and it's probably going to be obsolete by this time next year, if I had to guess. So, kind of sucks. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that sucks for the, for the flames. Plus the fact that they probably have about four more months of winter, but, um, Mac, who you got? Well, I think since none of us said it, I mean, we touched on it earlier, but for our official market report, one of us probably had to pick the Avs for our trending up team. They're just lights out unstoppable lately. I really don't have to go into this one too much. Everybody in the national hockey league and everybody that follows the national hockey league knows the Avs are absolutely on fire. I saw somebody today, um, commenting on like a Reddit page for the NHL about how, um, I mean, obviously it was a joke, but it was like, you're insane. If you think the Avs are going to lose another game this year, which is funny, <laughs> but, uh, like I said, they actually might lose tonight. They're losing update five to three in the second period. So interesting. Yeah. Anyway, they're a really good hockey team and, uh, I wasn't sold on them earlier this season, but I think they've definitely heated up at the right time. It'll be interesting to see if they like find themselves on another cold streak or if they're able to kind of keep rolling throughout the rest. I mean, there, there is like kind of an awkward amount of time left in the season to be this hot right now. So that's the one thing I'll say to keep an eye on. Like you almost want to get this hot, like, a week and a half from now, if that yep. makes sense, just to roll right into the playoffs. But just coming out of the trade deadline and just going for it. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, down team, <laughs> CBJ, we shit on them all the time. I mean, this just feels so helpless to me. Like everything about their situation feels so helpless right now. They've lost seven of their last eight. The Patrick Line thing is a mess. We've talked about how we feel bad for the guy. I mean, what do you do? What do you do with that team right now? Like, if you're the GM, I just feel I, – I don't know. Because if you're the Sabres, at least, like, the pressure is kind of off. Like, everybody is like, whatever. They suck. We're done with it. We've moved on. They suck. But, like, CBJ, no one can seem to, like, grasp that no one can seem to be like we're okay with cbj being a terrible hockey team you know and like we're just all gonna accept that like nobody's okay with it like everybody wants like they to- they won't commit to the rebuild exactly and everybody's like oh but they've got uh now we're gonna trade and try to get patrick line a did that work no okay well like what they're, they're just grasping at straws and they're trying to be a competitor and it's not fucking working and like what do you do at this point i just don't know they're like it's like being stuck in the desert. It's like, and they're just trying to find water somewhere. It's just not working. So they got torts and now it's like, that looks like maybe that wasn't the right fit. It's just a guy. I don't really think their roster needs to be overhauled. I think they just need a a new coach to be perfectly frank. I think I I agree. Their defensive core is great. They have a decent goalie. I mean, the forward core is probably a little weaker than it needs to be, but that's something that can be corrected. And didn't they health bomb Roslovic the other night? They did. Yeah. And I was surprised because he was doing so well as soon as he came over. I think Torts. Torts. Yeah. Yeah. I think Torts has got to go. I think you're right. I think, which I think I'm going to like hit the the seat heater button and move that up to three bars for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good one. 
Um, so that wraps up first and fourth liner. We want to answer our questions of the week that we put out on social media, something new that we're going to be doing each week. <laughs> Shout out to Harry for making those fire graphics. Great job, buddy. How many losses until the Sabres snap their losing streak? Well, that one's easy 18 because they did. Uh, this one was quite entertaining and we had so much fun uh, going back and forth with you lovely and completely down to earth <laughs> Ranger fans uh, that, that <laughs> I, I will say this. I love and hate Ranger fans because they're so diehard. They can just, they, they can never let it go. It's got to be one of the most passionate fan bases. hundred percent. And you, awesome. you is that have the new to. word. <laughs> yeah. Is that the new word for annoying? Yeah. <laughs> Delusional. Yeah. You know, saying, right. You can be passionate without being an asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there are uh, the question Same. that sparked so much discussion was has Adam Fox the defenseman for the Rangers and a uh, member of team honey nut Chelios earned a spot among the top 10 defensemen in the NHL. I mean, I would say yes. Uh, he's just having an unbelievable season. And I think that, you know, he brings not only point production, but I think he's very good defensively. This isn't like a, an Eric Carlson situation where he's just putting up like 80 or, you know, 80 to 85 points, but he's a liability defensively. He's, he's, solid both ways so yeah I, I would definitely say that he's earned his way up there i don't think he's earned his way up to top three i could no, also anyone that was saying like top three or i love yeah. the fans that are just like what are you talking about he's the best i'm like oh okay <laughs> no like i, I uh, like he's having a great year and there's always some kind of like gray area like when you say top 10 do you mean this season do you mean overall what does right. overall mean like all that shit I think he's had a strong enough campaign and has a good enough track record where you could say, yeah, he's a top 10, but I would not put him top three. I told the guy who I was arguing with on, on Instagram, I said, I'd probably, you know, you could say he's like five, six, seven, somewhere in that ballpark. I don't think that's unreasonable. I d let's say like he finishes out this season with, you know, maintaining the pace that he has. I could realistically see myself putting him somewhere between 15 and like seven. I don't think I would go any higher than seven though, because are you really telling me this guy's better than John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Jacob Slavin, I think belongs up there. Like Seth yeah. Jones, Zach Rowenski, Dougie Ham. Like exactly. Like, you know, there's so many talented defensemen out there right now. And I think part of the reason that people were saying this is because Ranger fans are probably just expecting this kid to be at this point at, you know, some point down the road. And I think he will be, I think it could happen next year. You know, right. I think it could happen at the, you know, before next season starts, not right now. It's too early. He's young. He'll get there. And that's like the hard part is like, he's a, he's a top five defenseman this season. There's no doubt oh, 100%. about that. hundred percent. But overall I have, I have a little problem putting there, but man, he is, <laughs> he's so good. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he is going to be a, a bona fide number one defenseman. So For I'll, sure. I, I would say overall, I'd put him somewhere around like six or seven right now. But okay. I do and think just to, just to throw all you Rangers fans a bone. Cause I know you're all like seething in your seats right now. Like, Oh my God. I will say the Rangers have been the most frustrating team to play against this yes. year. In my opinion, yeah. like every time they're on the, like I would rather play anybody else in the division than the Rangers. Even mm -hmm. the Islanders, I'd rather play the Islanders more than I want to play. Hundred percent. Yeah, the Rangers are just a pain in the ass, and they are looking very good right now. Uh, yeah. Last question we have to answer is: Will the Philadelphia Flyers make the playoffs? No, hard no. 
Nope, not happening. I think a week ago it was like, ah, I don't know, probably not. It's not looking good. I think now it's a hard no. No. I think it's the Rangers and Boston and Pittsburgh competing for that uh, third and fourth spot. So, you know, Boston and Pittsburgh have the power right now, but I think that the Rangers are going to be coming hot for that fourth spot. And I worry because, like, I don't see Boston doing a choke job and the Penguins – even though they're ahead in the standings by quite a bit, I could see them being a team with a choke job, especially given the injuries. And, you know, we haven't looked good the past two games. The Penguins have given up 15 goals in their past two games, which is a very concerning. So I really hope that, uh, you know, things stay the way they are. Has that been one night of DeSmith, one night of Jari? Or, like, is that all one guy that played both of those games? Or um, No, I think – so Jar, I think – and, I again, I haven't really been able to keep up – to speed too much but i think jari started the first period over the weekend and then got pulled for injury and then DeSmith played the rest of the game ended poorly and then um that was in boston yep and then uh yesterday we got lit up by the rangers so and was that to smith and not against the rangers mm-hmm. and it's not even really his fault it's just like the, no yeah i'm just curious the, the pence just fucking sucked and the re- not to be a refs guy who says refs stink, but man, that was poor. And I don't yeah. care what anybody says. That was a, the first period of officiating was horrendous. I, I've never seen anything that bad in my life. Fair yeah. enough. There's been a lot of it lately. Yep. Yeah, Unfortunately, so. it's one of the things that's just going to be a consequence of a game that's played at the speed that this one is. Um. All right. Well, I think that wraps up all I have. Do you guys have anything else before we? Uh, I'm going to bed. I was going to say before Harrison literally falls asleep <laughs> on his desk. We got the O's win. That's, that's right. Uh, that's the only good thing shit, like Mac. I need I needed that. Hopefully, maybe maybe a couple of you saw the story before the game started and got a chance to win a little bit of money there. Just enjoying the sun, uh, a little vacation here, and another vacation next week. So life ain't too bad, I guess. But uh, yeah, just trying to get as much sun as I can. Nice. I don't think I have anything else. I'm trying to think if anything excited happened happened to me in like the last week. I got my COVID shot today. Um, or the first one at least yeah so um i like expected it to be i'd heard some like horror stories about people that had gone and said it took them like four hours and like obviously i'm working and um my boss was cool enough he was like yeah just you're fine that's right you walk right up and easy yeah they kept it moving i mean i went with my dad and we had to wait for probably like i don't know park the car 20 minutes later got it um and then they want you to like sit for like 15 minutes afterwards right. which both of us sat for five and we're like okay let's go get something to i eat. did but, that too yeah because <laughs> like, wow, this is dumb like, i feel fine they literally tell you they're like set a timer on your phone for 15 minutes and then get up i'm like yeah okay yeah. i sat down like responded to a couple texts and i was like I am a hockey player. <laughs> yeah. The guy literally who was like, yeah, you can like go ahead and sit over there and like, just like wait 15 minutes. He's like, we're not going to like check or anything. So whenever you're like 15 minutes is up, you can leave. I was like, got it. But yeah. I mean, kudos Classic. to the people working it. It was sort of like, you know, when you go to like vote at like a high school or something and it's in like the auditorium and you oh, they hate board. their lives. They just, well, like, like, I just, mean, they were yeah. like, they, they did a great job of just keeping it moving, but it was like that, you know, it was just sort of like a basketball gym type thing where you go and sit down at your table, you know, when I hate those kind of things where you, the door. I hate those like public like event things where like you're just talking about and the workers like assume you know where to go i'm like i have no idea where i am like please help me and then they get mad at you i'm like i'm sorry yeah (laughs) my bad uh that's all i got 
the last thing I'll say about that is like when I had to vote this past time around, it was at my high school and it was like the first time I had been back at my high school oh, in man. probably nostalgic, like probably six years. And I wore like a hoodie, my sunglasses and my mask the <laughs> you didn't entire want anyone, time. You didn't want anyone to know you, right? I was like, I have uh, like, I talk to the people I want to talk to from high school and yeah. I had fun in high school. That's fine. But I don't want to like, it, I was more concerned about like bumping into like some of like my parents' friends because I, I was going to get stuck there for yeah. hours with that kind of crap. But it's um, a good move. Yeah, exactly. I was also uh, unrecognizable on the story today. I had a couple of people tell me I was like in full incognito mode on the yeah. ninja story. Yeah, totally, in, totally incognito with that shit. Walking to get some beer. It was sunny outside the glasses. I had my mask on. What you nice. Had to, but yeah, why not? Anyway. <sighs> yep. All right, Harry. We'll we'll put you out of your misery here. I'm I'm all done. I apologize. I'm just I'm out you're of good, right man. Now. All righty. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you know, it's eleven oh four finish time. Grind don't stop. So we appreciate it. Uh without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>